0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Jones with the block, and now they'll salt it away. That's some they, of the best, some of the best on ball defense I've seen this year by Florida in this building tonight.
0: Florida bounces back in a major way. They were looking for their first signature win of the year. And the Gators will get it tonight.
1: Florida knocks off number two.
0: Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on
2: the BetQL Network.
1: Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Thursday presented always by BetMGM. Right now joining us. On the buythephoenix.com guest line, Reed Wallach of Betside. Let's talk some college hoops here. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit buythephoenix.com to learn more. Reed, welcome back to the show. It's that time of the year where everyone's kind of like, all right, March Madness is not too far away. So some people start throwing some futures on or looking at teams they're going to back in March. We hear you've got a good number and a good team. Tell us who you're, uh, you're looking at as we move towards March
2: yeah and i think first of all thanks for having me on guys and i think the uh in we just had with florida beating tennessee is kind of the whole premise of betting futures and getting it at the right time as tennessee who is seen as best defense in the country number two ranked in the ap poll they went down and looked you know they had a run in the second half but they didn't look very competitive and i have my concerns about them and i have my concerns about a lot of teams at the top You look at the odds board: houston purdue tennessee i have concerns about all those teams so i want to take shots Further down the board, and one team I bet that's still available. I'm looking right at it at a prominent sports book, uh, UConn, 35-1. to 1. This is a team still ranked inside the Ken Palm top 25, top 10, metrics, Bartorovic, Shockwally, everywhere you look, this is a top 10 team. They had a bit of a skid, lost four. They're about 500 in Big East play right now. So the shine is kind of off of them after a 14-0 start. But I think it's now to get back in on them. If you look at their schedule down the stretch, they do go to Creighton. But besides that, they might be favored, or you know, like catching as much as a bucket in every single game down the stretch. They're a projected five seed right now. I think they're going to end closer to a three seed, and then all of a sudden, you have a three seed at thirty-five to one. They're going to be a small underdog in any elite eight final four matchup. So, Connecticut to me is a team with a strong profile that I think is going to get a runway here to pick up steam. So, I think UConn thirty-five to one way, way, way too far now based on what this team has been the entire season.
0: Yeah, Reed, I think what you started with there is, is the big story, the big picture story of the season, that uh, all of these teams are flawed, and there's a reason we have movement every single week. When you have a new rink. Oh, here's a new team, number one. Here's a new team entering the top five that hasn't been there all season. Um, it, it's interesting to have this conversation a year after North Carolina made their run, the definition mm-hmm. of a team getting hot at the very end. At this moment, with, with a month of uh, regular season action left, if you were to, to ballpark a number of teams that you think, l- let's go Final Four, Final, uh, that could make a run to a Final Four. Joe G's, you know, he's holding on his Rutgers uh, Final Four ticket. He's, he's celebrating that, especially after last night. But how, how many teams do you think could make that sort of a run?
2: I, you, could, you could talk me into at least 20 half the field yeah, making a run, I, I don't think it's that crazy to say. I mean, you look at the Big 12, night after night, these teams are given absolute classic games, so uh, they could beat anybody. I mean, especially when you see that the Big 10, you know, Joe G, not to talk bad about Rutgers or anything, I think the Big 10 is a extremely overrated conference, and we've seen in the past few tournaments, they most of the heavy hitters have flamed out early. I mean, Purdue lost to St. Peter's last year. Purdue's going to be a one seed this year. I think that whoever they get in the 8-9 matchup, easy bet on the other team no matter who they're playing i just think that you know you could get any of these teams going all the way especially when you see the big 12 might be an eight big league i think all eight are top 20 teams in my opinion so you know i think there's going to be a lot of parity so i'm trying to pluck off some teams that i think are a little off market and you know maybe there's a runway to pick up steam when you look at the whole picture maybe not just like the recent five six game stretch
0: I feel seen with all this Purdue slander. <laughs> what concerns you the most about Purdue?
2: I mean i I have a long relationship fading. Uh, Matt Painter in March. So that's number one. It, you know, the players change, Idea. everything changes, except for the head coach. It's Matt Painter. So, um, listen. I just think the reliance <laughs> on Zach Eadie and post play, I think, can be exposed in the wrong matchup. And I wonder if you know this. You know this amount of run that you're going to need to get to the final four. You're going to eventually run to a team with stellar post defense. And it's going to force a team like Purdue that's middling in three-point shooting. They can't really spread the floor. I just wonder what if that's What about Gillis?
0: Gillis just went <laughs> off last night.
2: But I, I, it's one game. It's one game. It's my The way I see Purdue long-term, and same thing with Tennessee, I just wonder if it's just going to run out one game where they just go cold or Edie gets into foul trouble or one team has a stellar post D you know, it all runs out really quickly. Again, I'm not crazy about the Big Ten or the SEC really this year. To me, Big East and Big 12, that's where I think the depth is and that's where the real talent is this year. So those are, I guess, like maybe that's my blinders on that. I'm just not really high on. I mean, listen, Purdue's awesome. But I think Big 12, Big East, that's where I'm looking at potential Final Four teams where they can maybe make a run and they're undervalued.
1: All right, let's talk about some of those teams. Let's go to the Big 12, right? We, we know that Kansas is the team from last year, and they're the one we have to respect. But other than Kansas, give me the Big 12 team that you think has a real shot. I mean, they have seven teams within the top 24 at Kenpom. It is a really good conference, and they just beat each other up every game. Uh, who do you like other than Kansas to maybe make a deep run?
2: Yeah, I'll let the, the stench of Monday night's meltdown kind of, like, draw off. But Iowa State, to me, really great team. I mean, their offense has been fantastic throughout the season but it's the defense. I mean, they draw a lot of turnovers. It's a team that went to a sweet 16 last year. So, you know, they got some transfers coming in also with their and Jaron Holmes, but this is a really loaded team deep. They, you know, have been to me the most impressive big 12 team in terms of expectation, you know, where I projected them to be and how they've outperformed. I mean, 18 and kempom the offense might not get there, but they're a little bit more balanced. They crushed the glass. And again, number one in turnover rate, So I think Iowa State to me is a team that, you know, second weekend, this is a team that's going to be on the three or four line, not an easy matchup at all. I mean, again, it's all matchups. So if you run to a team that could press like Texas Tech did on Monday, then team could blow a 23-point second half lead and, you know, make me wake up Tuesday morning with a headache, then yeah, maybe we're in some trouble. But I think Iowa State, really sturdy team. I love their coach, Oatserberger. So I think that that's a team. TCU, they just lost Mike Miles. so. I'm hoping that they maybe slide down the odds board a little bit. Then maybe I could jump in on that. And then Baylor, arguably the best backcourt in the country. Number one offense for my money. The defense is a bit concerning, though. But it's also Scott Drew, and, you know, the principles are there for a run. So Baylor, I mean, listen, there's three teams right there I think are very, very likely second weekend Elite Eight potential Final Four teams.
0: All right. uh, What about the other conference that you like? Take us wherever, uh, whatever's top of mind, whether it be uh, in the regular season or once we get to the tournament, because uh, maybe with Xavier injuries, there's a there's an, a bit of an opening there. Marquette, Xavier, Creighton all win last night. Marquette, uh, the minus 160 favorite. Uh, anything that jumps out in the Big East for the rest of the regular season or tournament?
2: Yeah, I, I think Creighton is a team starting to rise. I know they were a trendy, you know, before the season leading up to, uh, you know, Heading into the year, they were a big, you know, trendy pick in like the 30 to 1, 20 to 1. Started like 6 and 6, though. They, you know, tough Maui draw. Then they had a bit of a slide, some injuries. Uh, Kalkbrenner, their big man, he got sick. So, Crane's kind of fallen off. I still, I, you know, they're starting to peak. I'm just afraid, can they go on the road and win games? You look at their resume and where they've been this entire season. They do most of their damage at home on the road. You know, close loss to Xavier, competitive loss to UConn, competitive loss to Marquette. Those are the three best teams in the conference, though. You haven't really competed on the road there. So, you know, there is a runway for this team to improve their standing, but they're trending towards, like, a 7-9 to nine seed right now. I wonder how high are they going to go given their road woes. So, again, I brought up UConn because that's a team that, in non-conference play on usual floor, blew out Iowa State, blew out Alabama. I mean, this is a team that has more of a holistic profile, in my opinion, whereas Creighton, they lost those games, you know, at Maui to Arizona. You know, so I, I don't know if I'm all the way in on Creighton, but – The Xavier injury, I wonder if that's going to generate value come tournament time when Zach Fremantle comes back from his foot injury. Can that get it going? Marquette, I love them. And just like a little PSA, because I had Xavier last night, and they blow it, uh, banked in three from Providence, get the cover home in overtime. I'm, I'm pulling my hair out. Then two hours later, I have Marquette laying six. They end up getting it back to recover. Villanova misses a dunk to ruin the early numbers, too college basketball is like the biggest grind and probably the most tilting sport possible. I deal with it all the time. So like don't freak out after one crazy loss. This is like the craziest, most variant sport ever. Like just PSA to all the sports players out there, the sports nuts, like you got to kind of embrace it. And like you could start your night with a really tough beat, but then like you'll also backdoor into one at like nine 30, 10 o'clock. So, you know, it's a long grind. So just be careful. Biggies, a lot of fun, but like these games are nip and tuck and, you know, every point matters.
0: Let's go to the NBA trade deadline next week. What teams are you expecting to get a lot better? And please say my Sacramento Kings got some futures with them. So if my Purdue one doesn't work out, (laughs) let's go Kings.
2: Light the beam. I I'll be, I'll be a little biased, but I hope it's the Brooklyn Nets that, uh, are improve their roster come a week from like today, pretty much because I think the Nets are the closest team to the Boston Celtics. In my opinion, the team that has the best shot at taking them down and winning a championship for my money. Um, but we just saw last night, the Nets need some help to take down Boston. I know Kevin Durant played into a lesser expe- extent, Ben Simmons didn't play, but look at the roster too small. Uh, what's like that GIF everyone tweets. I think it's from my, like, I think you would, or I uh, think you should like, you know, too small that's the Nets. Seth Curry and Kyrie Irving can't play together against the Boston Celtics you need a roster that could take down the best team that you're going to have to go up against, and that's inevitably going to be Boston. I think you look at the trade market right now, the Nets, there are wings available, Gary Trent, Buddy Heald. I think those are two names that are plausible and can maybe be available. And then maybe a backup big man like Kelly Olenek, Naz Reed has been like a trendy name on Nets Twitter, Mo Bamba maybe also for cheap. So you know, I think if the Nets can get, one wing creator and a big man, that really sh- uh, shrinks the gap. And, you know, maybe the seven-game series against Boston goes a little bit differently than last year. But, you know, fingers crossed that losing by, I don't even know how much, 40-plus to Boston last night was a, you know, could anchor in Sean Marks' mind that he's like, hey, listen, we got to we gotta maybe go the extra mile and overpay, throwing an extra pick or two uh, to get this deal home. So hopefully the Nets.
1: Reed, I'm uh, curious what you make of the home-road splits in the NBA this year. It's enormous. I mean, I think there, there's only six teams in the whole league that have winning records on the road. One, what do you think? And two, how important is home court if this trend works to the postseason, right? I mean, everyone will make a case, well, that team can make a run. Well, if they're playing a team that's 21-4 and four at home, they're probably not going to beat that team in a seven-game series because they can't win on the road. What, what do you think is going on here, and do you think it's going to play out like, hey, number one seeds, they probably meet in the finals because they have home court?
2: Yeah, I someone sent me the Western Conference standings, because every night you could like almost, it's like a tankathon thon lottery reel, like spin it, and it's just different standings everywhere. The Clippers are in fourth place. Everyone wrote them off already. But what's more crazy is the road records for all these teams. No one can win on the road, like you just said, Joji. Why is it? I'm not really sure. Maybe it's just variance and craziness, but I think it does put a... Uh, premium on, yeah, get home court. Make sure you lock in, especially what's Denver, 21 and four, I think, at home this year. Uh, 23 and four at home this year. I mean, that's insane. Denver gets the one seed. You got an uphill battle. I think it's more concerning for the teams that aren't even close on the road, like the Warriors. Uh, What are they? Uh, Sorry, seven and 19 on the road this year. I mean, this team has a lot of uh, insurance because, you know, look at their dynasty run here. But are they going to be able to go on the road from the sixth seed and beat all these teams in a seven-game series? It might be a little bit more difficult for them in the past. I I don't, I can't pinpoint it, but it is very strange.
0: Read NBA Awards, uh, some of these favorites are coming back a little bit. After uh, last Friday, the Jokic number for MVP came back a little bit. You could find them at Plus Money at BetMGM. Uh, the, the drama with Jared Jackson Jr., his number came back a little bit for Defensive Player of the Year. Anything that you wanted to share with the audience on uh, NBA Awards at the moment?
2: Yeah, I, I think the Embiid number shortened too much. He, he has this crazy game against the Sixers, goes 44 and 18. I'm pretty sure great game, but no one's going to remember that one game, that like crowning achievement game from January when the voters go and vote in April because Jokic, like it's like the NCAA tournament, The Jokic's whole profile. That's the difference. That's where the money's going to be made. And that's why he's going to likely win a third MVP. So. I'm not all the way there on Embiid. I think that number got like I would wait. That number I think is gonna normalize a little bit, similar to Jaron Jackson. Um, And yeah, I mean, I don't know if anyone's gonna catch Triple J, but I have a Nick Claxton 210 to one ticket. So um, you know, maybe that, maybe they could do that stat correction thing again, and maybe that could catch a little higher. So uh, hopefully, Claxton. I don't really think anyone has a prayer of catching Triple J unless he gets hurt. But um, you know, we could pray.
0: About 30 seconds or so left. What's one of your favorite bets, whether it's college or NBA for tonight?
2: Yeah, I like Utah laying six and a half against Stanford tonight. Uh, look at who Stanford's beaten recently. They beat Oregon State. Oregon, That was a, I'll give them that. They had to rally beat Chicago State, one of the worst teams in the country, and Cal. Now they're going on the road to one of the toughest places to play in Utah. Utah beat them earlier this season already um, in Palo Alto. So I think Utah gets it done. Six and a half, uh, that's my favorite look for tonight.
1: Good stuff, Reed. We always appreciate you hopping on. Reed Wallach over at BetSide on the buythephoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit buythephoenix.com to learn more. On the other side, we dive into trend or truth for Super Bowl 57. That's next on the Beck UL Network.